When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Wizarding World Lorecast, where we're going to take a deep dive into the world and lore of the Harry Potter universe, such as the creatures, the people, and yes, even the magic. Welcome everyone back to another episode of uh, Wizarding World Lore, (laughs) not my other show, Wizarding World World Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria. And I'm Captain Shenko. And as we are coming back into this week, um, we are recording on a different day. Uh, Personal stuff had come up, so we had to record on a different day. So we're doing this live show on a Friday night, Um, the audio version i will be putting that up for tomorrow on saturday or if you're listening to this it would be saturday so yeah um as we are back we are going back into more pogwarts uh we are on our part two of this part little part three topic here because there's so much of hogwarts just so much It'd be a disservice not to break it up as much as we have because there's way too much to condense into one hour long episode. Yeah. The history's too rich. There's been too much extended universe done to be able to get away with that and to do justice to the source material. Right. Um, so as we start with this, um, where we left off was the 19. Oh, shoot. We left off in the 1980s. So we left off right where, you know, the events of Hogwarts Mystery, the mobile game, is going on with Hogwarts. Um, Now we are getting into the stuff from the films and the books. So I didn't really go, like, put show notes together for the stuff from the books and the films because we get to see all that. We get to see the history. We get to read it right then and there in the books. Um, it's easy accessible, um, especially with the films. So we know what happens. Like Harry's second, uh, Harry's first year, the whole Philosopher's Stones or Sorcerer's Stone, however you want to say it. Well, Harry goes up against Voldemort in Hogwarts, all that fun stuff. Year two, you know, Chamber of Secrets. A basilisk, you know, is on the loose in Hogwarts and just, you know, petrifies everyone because... Voldemort, yet again. Fun stuff. Uh, well, we have year three, Prison of Azkaban, you know. Everything was Sirius Black, Dementors. I mean, nothing really... I mean, a lot happens in Prisoner of Azkaban, but, like, nothing, like, hugely major with the school. I can't really think of anything super major for the school. And, um, uh, Prison Raskin, besides, like, you know, Harry and Hermione, like, breaking Sirius at a, uh, prison or custody from the Dementors. And then, what, year four, we have Goblet of Fire, obviously the Triwizard Tournament, which is the first time it comes back after, like, a well over a couple centuries of, uh, hiatus because of death tolls. Yeah, and they didn't really stop when they brought it back. Nope. Sadly, even though, like, the first time they have it back, someone dies. <laughs> yeah, I think they should just get rid of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then... I mean, a little bit of blood sport is, um... <laughs> it, it's acceptable in some circles, but maybe not when they're actual children. I mean, just keep Quidditch. No one dies in Like, some people die in Quidditch, but it's not like... A death toll guaranteed every single freaking four years. 
compare like the Triwizard Tournament where they constantly have people dying in those tournaments. Like, let's not do that. No, that is true. Um, well, year five we have Order of the Phoenix, where you know they discover the room requirement. That's big. Umbridge takes over the school. That's pretty big. Um, no one likes Umbridge. Let's all be honest. No one likes her. If you do, I'm sorry. But anyway, <laughs> uh, well, we have a uh, Hapled Prince. Um, Slughorn comes back to the school in that one. Uh, Death Eater stuff. And Dumbledore dies. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and then, Dumbledore you know. Dies. <laughs> and then Deathly Hollows. Which, you know. Yeah, a whole lot happens to the school. A whole Deathly lot Hollows. happens in Deathly Hollows. Mainly of that. Like the Battle of Hogwarts. So as we get to the Battle of Hogwarts. Uh, so we get into the late 2000s and early 2010s. God, it's, it's so weird to think that these stories take place in the 90s. Yeah, I it, think because it, it kind of jumped into the collective consciousness in the early 2000s. So it's kind of considered early 2000s, like, subculture, I guess. Yeah. So it is hard to think about it as being in the past, even when it was the hottest thing happening in media. Right. Uh, and now they have extended history to cover basically the, the right now. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah, exactly. They even have stuff to this date now with Harry Potter and the Wizarding World stuff. It's insane to think about that. Even then, like, if you're watching the films and reading the books, it like, there's, like, obviously, like, hints and, like, knowledge of its, like, modern day. But when you actually, like, read or watch it, it feels like it's, like, medieval times. It doesn't feel like it's, you know, the 1990s. It feels like 1800s. Mm-hmm. 1700s. So, it's it's so, interesting. Uh, um, after the Battle of Hogwarts and everything had kind of settled down, obviously a lot of changes took place. Um, McGonagall still had mistress, but ha and Hagrid still takes care of the magical creatures. And but we get a new teacher, <laughs> which is the most surprising thing ever. With this, like, mm -hmm. I would I never would expect this ever. No, Neville takes over as the herbology teacher. And the head of Gryffindor House. Right. Like, I mean, it, okay. Herbology makes sense for him because if you watch or in read Goblet of Fire, he's huge in herbology in that, in that specific book. And then later on, head of Gryffindor, you wouldn't think it at first until unless you, like, recall he killed Nagini with the sword of Gryffindor and pulled the sword of Gryffindor from the sorting hat. I mean, he basically saved a lot of people, like, everybody's lives without anybody really knowing. Besides Harry. Harry would, Harry would, Harry knew. Yeah, and but, if that's not an act of bravery, what is, right? Right. It's insane. Oh, okay. Uh, so, and then 2009, we have Jacob Gorski comes to the school as visiting the history magic professor with his lemur assistant, Bly, who later turned out to be an animagus, who had bewitched Gorski with the Imperi Imperious Curse as part of the search of the Turner family heirloom. So, a group of students, including uh, Loti Turner herself, found out the truth of the school year and foiled Bly's attempt to use the Loti uh, and use Loti to attain the heirloom. The heirloom is a brush. Then 2010 and 2011, Elspeth McGillany was appointed the substitute study of ancient runes professor uh, as the actual professor, Clara Drumgoul, was on leave. And then uh, her real motive to returning to the school, however, was to find the crown of courage in the Great Lake, and she was used... And you used the Imperious Curse on several students to make them find it for her. This was discovered by the headmistress McGonagall in that time, and McGillany was sacked and arrested. So yeah, don't, that's don't fun. Use, 
don't use kids to do your dirty work. Don't use any one of the three unforgivable curses. That right there is a ticket to Azkaban. <laughs> and the quote of Mooney. Like, literally, yeah. it takes it's a one-way trip to Azkaban with one of those three spells. Don't do it. So after this, um, after these events, Dementors end up attacking Hogwarts. And at first, these were really small events, and the staff just handled it. But they, these events kind of took a turn for the worse when the Dementors summon other dark creatures to fight for them. McGonagall assembled the staff and put a magical shield around the castle to block out the creatures, but they managed to breach the shield, and this led to a really big battle. Which is insane, because, I mean, obviously at some point we will do an episode on Dementors. I didn't know they had the power to, like, summon other creatures for them to fight. And then, I mean, at this point, like, why, if there's Dementors attacking... Why don't you just get Harry? Like he can you he can summon a perfect Patronus charm and repel yeah, hundreds. Still... And he did that at the age of thirteen. At this point in time, he's in his twenties. Yeah, he's probably a very accomplished wizard at this point and a Hogwarts alumni, so I'm sure he would have no problem jumping in and helping out. Right. I mean, uh at this point in time, I think he was uh he was working for the ministry as an or i mean i know that's what he is like when he's in his like his 30s and the 40s uh he's an or for the ministry of magic so he hunts dark wizards as a career which i mean at his accomplishments of taking down voldemort like five times in his entire life might as well be i think after taking down the actual dark lord everyone else is like chump change by comparison right so a little bit a little bit later we get to see all the kids too <laughs> yes and we will be going into that here um so now we get to the late 2010s and early 2020s so we're now we're getting sped up to where like modern our time now which is super insane to think about so by 2017, many descendants of the previous students were now coming to Hogwarts as the new pupils such as Albus Potter, Scorpius Malfoy, and Rose Granger Weasley. They hyphened? You know, I'm not surprised that, uh, I, I mean, I'm that not su- they wanted to hyphenate because do I, you really I, see Hermione just taking Ron's last name? No, no, I don't. I, I no. But still, though, like, really? Come on. <laughs> at least have the kid have at least just the Weasley name. It's cute. <laughs> okay. Um, and then uh, in their fourth year in 2020, so we skip a bit because we don't know what happens. I mean, they essentially have normal school years in their first through th- one through three. Uh, Albus and Scorpius illegally used a time termer to travel back in time and cause a timeline to deviate, therefore witnessing several alternate versions of Hogwarts in the early 2020s, including a version with only minor differences from the original one, and versions in which Dolores Umbridge was the head of the world where Voldemort had won the Battle of Hogwarts. Nevertheless, they were eventually successful in correcting the timeline and restoring peace to Hogwarts. Imagine being the ones that brought back Umbridge. (laughs) Ah, yeah. So, and if anybody's, like, confused on, like, when this happens, this happens during the play Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. So, as you hear Albus Potter, Albus Severus Potter, yeah, and Scorpio Malfoy, who is obviously Draco's son, they become friends. Hmm. Which is kind of a shock when you think about it, but it's like... They're not their fathers. And, I mean, let's be honest. Draco mellowed out pretty much, like, towards the end of the end of his life, like, at Hogwarts. And he kind of, like... Not, I wouldn't say mellowed out, really. Oh, it's more like he found his own path that was not his father's mm-hmm. to make himself happy. But yeah, they make friends and then, you know, they try to change things around and timeline to fix things to where everything should be fine. But, you know, they end up screwing everything up because, you know, they're fourth years. 
They're 14. Yeah, they're finally, they're, they're old enough to, to start causing trouble. I mean, if Albus is anything like his father, he probably started trouble as soon as he attended, started attending Hogwarts. Let's be, let's be honest. It runs in the genes. Yeah. <sighs> uh, what's a normal school year look like now in the modern day? So, uh, term begins on September 1st, return to Hogwarts Day, if anybody knows that in the real world. Uh, students usually reach Hogwarts via the Hogwarts Express, which they left platform nine three quarters at London's King Cross Station at 11 a.m. sharp. They seem to be other ways to enter in the school, such as broomsticks or flu powder, or simply apparating to a nearby location such as Hogsmeade. But you cannot apparate into the school, as we said on the last episode... There's many, many, many restrictions of getting into Hogwarts specifically. Mm-hmm. Now, unless you're Albus Dumbledore. That's well, the only yeah, difference. The, the Dumbledore the clause. Yes. Um, yeah, don't miss your train either. Uh, this That would be a problem. Um, you know, you not, not only would a student lose student points, um, before they even got there and before the term had even started. Um, the, 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 I'm sorry, I'm brain dead right now. <laughs> uh, the Hogwarts Express brought the students to Hogsmeade Station. First years would traditionally cross the Black Lake in boats with the gamekeeper, traveling under an, op- uh, an opening in the rocks upon which Hogwarts was built. Um, there's this curtain of ivy, and then they eventually exit out into an underground harbor. Yeah, and we see this scene. Obviously, it's the famous boat scene we in Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone, uh, with Harry, Ron, and all the first years on the boats going to Hogwarts. And then after your first year, you uh, older students travel on the roads in carriages pulled by terrestrials, invisible um, to only if you haven't witnessed death. Uh, to the castle. The start of the term feast took place in the Great Hall, and the feast included the sorting ceremony, followed by a few words of the current headmaster or headmistress. The banquet started after this, including large quantities of food and drink. The feast was clothed with a few few more words from the headmaster or headmistress, including the usual start of term notices. Just like in Sorcerer's Zone, where Dumbledore <laughs> is a closing statement. Oh, I want to remind everybody, don't go to the Forbidden Forest unless you want to die. And don't go to the third floor, third floor corridor if you want to experience a, an extremely painful death. A.K.A. Fluffy. Mm. So, fluffy. yeah, don't, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Three-headed dogs are bad. Yes. Uh, So after that dinner, students are brought to their house common room by the prefect. And the prefect's just a student who has some additional responsibilities. And this was time for new students to get comfortable with their surroundings because the following day classes would start. The class schedules were handed out during breakfast by the heads of house. And after two weeks of classes, the Quidditch team trials and flying lessons for the first years usually started to take place. Yeah, and if you want to know any prefects, Percy Weasley was is a prefect and eventually becomes head of boy. Um, and be careful when you become a prefect because apparently it makes your ego big. At least in Percy's, like case because his ego was through the roof if you were in the books in the books his ego is through the roof it's kind of insane um but yeah then like you know quidditch that's great play quidditch uh and then homework was usually assigned to students to at the end of each class or the end of the school term it was usually completed by students in the study hall study area library Gryffindor, Gryffindor Tower reading room or another com, uh, common room. Which, I mean, it kind of makes sense at that point, like doing your homework. Yeah, doing yeah. your common room, doing your dorm room, study hall, like library. Just don't make any noise in the library. They don't like it. 
So this one seems a bit, it seems a bit mundane, but you have there, you know, just use a planner to keep track of all your yeah, assignments. Like um, but there are magical planners that told the students when to complete the homework when it was open, which I think I need that in real life. <laughs> I would just open it and it would shout at me about all the crap I need to get done. That'd Literally be extremely shouts. helpful. Literally be shouts so at you. so helpful. <laughs> <laughs> like it being a mini howler, but specifically for your assignments. And not as loud as a howler. Hmm. And if you didn't do your homework, same as real school, I guess, you could be given detention or, you know, any some other form of punishment. Just make sure Filch doesn't find out. <laughs> he likes torture. I mean, that's just Filch. <clears throat> oh, I mean, uh, punishments. That's what I meant. <laughs> So, um, Hogwarts school year was structured in a similar way to uh, other non-magical schools and colleges in the UK, with a three-term year um, uh, punctuated by holidays at Christmas and Easter and bounded by a a long summer holiday of nine weeks. Students had an option of staying at Hogwarts for the winter and spring holidays. So, obviously, we see those with Harry because... He doesn't want to go back to the Dursleys, and I wouldn't either. No, I think I think the um, the Winter Ball and all of the events that happen at Hogwarts are way better than what's going on in the human world. Even I oh, think God, if I yes. even had the option to go back, I would just stay. Yeah, I'll go back for summer. I mean, as long as it's not the Dursleys, but like, I rather staying in the castle all the time. Yes, please sign me up. Right. Uh, if you chose not to stay in the castle during Christmas holidays and didn't have lessons to attend, um, there was a feast on Christmas Day. Students who didn't have classes the week of uh, the week of Easter. What? Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm sorry. Um, Students also didn't have classes on the week of Easter, but this was not as enjoyable because of the extra work that the teachers usually assigned to students uh, because they were getting ready to prep for final exams. Ooh, finals. Lovely. I hate it. In the spring, right (laughs) right before Easter, right after Easter? That's just mean. No, thank you. Um... Other than breaks and weekends, students did not receive holidays. Uh, however, students in the third year uh, were allowed to visit Hogsmeade, the local village, occasionally, um, which we see that in Prince of Azkaban, which is really cool. And you could also go see it in Florida, Orlando. <sighs> Whoa. Wait, is it's there really Wizarding cool. World in California? I think there is. I think there is. I don't um, think it's as I know- big. I think I think you're right. I think they might only have. Um, I want to say they only had Diagon Alley for right now because I think they need to build out the rest of it. I don't quote me on that. Well, just come um, to Florida. Just go to go, Florida. Go to yeah. Florida. <laughs> go and visit Hogsmeade yourself because it is a wonderful time. Um, you can get a frozen butter beer from yeah, oh my God, one of the carts outside. Are so good. And and when you're here in Florida and it's hot, that frozen butter beer is probably one of the best things on the planet. I only went. That was before I I got to go to the park before they added Diagon Alley, and obviously that I was not of age yet, and they didn't have it yet. So they have al- actual alcoholic bu- butter beer now, which is what butter beer is, like. Yeah, wizards and witches in their third year and up are literally drinking beer with caramel. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Uh, but at the time when I went, they had the non-alcoholic versions and the frozen one's so good. So good. And it goes with the souvenir cup, which is even better. I could drink the first time that I went. I can't drink now. I developed an allergy. It's been the weirdest thing. Um, but when I went... I got mine with Fireball. <laughs> I just ordered a shot of Fireball separately and 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 oh, poured God, it into we're... the frozen. Oh no! No, it was so good though. <laughs> so, 
back on track here real fast. Uh, there were normally four feasts per year. The start of term feast, the beginning of the school year, end of term feast, which is obviously the end. You have the Halloween and Christmas feasts, or also called marked special occasions, such as the beginning of the Tri-Wizard Tournament. So, four, tech, uh, four in most cases, a fifth one when there's a Tri-Wizard Tournament going on. But, you know, that really only happened in Harry's fourth year. And they have yet to... I don't know if they like ever specified if there was another Tri-Wizard Tournament after that one. I imagine after the deaths that occurred after they brought it back, they probably said, you know what? Maybe well, we should shelf this again. Hey, Cedric Diggory died. Oh, no. Oh, by the way, the Rise of the Dark Lord came in that one, too. Hmm... I wonder if we should keep it open. Keep doing this every four years. It's like maybe let's not make the students participate in blood sport when the Dark Lord is coming. Right. <laughs> uh, classes would proceed normally, and uh, the next notable event occurred the evening of the 31st of October, the Halloween feast. Decorations include giant pumpkins and flocks of hundreds of bat f- bats flying across the halls. That sounds chaotic. Yes. And I'm here for it. They're just like, hey, let's fill the hallways with bats. Excuse me? Fill it's the awkward. halls with bats. Just because. Because they can. It's like, you mean like, like 20, 30? No, hundreds of them. Because I can and we will. And the castle's big enough. The served foods include pumpkin treats, tarts, cakes, and all sorts of magical sweets, which sounds fantastic. It is slightly better than when the school cafeteria serves the tiny pumpkin pies. Right? Uh, so the, the feasts just sound great. Yeah, I'll show up just for the feasts. I I am what you could call food motivated <laughs> and then um the quidditch season quidditch quidditch season started usually with the first quidditch match in the first weeks of november and the second week of december the deputy head would take names of those who would stay at the hogwarts over the christmas holidays the first term usually ended in about a week before christmas and most of the students and some of the teachers went home to by the school train well that makes sense Quidditch. Um, the years that the Triwizard Tournament takes place, the Yule Ball occurs on the evening of Christmas Day and ends at midnight. <clears throat> on Christmas Day, the 25th, the Christmas feast is held in the Great Hall. And then shortly after, on January 6th, aka the 12th night, the Hogwarts Express returns to Hogsmeade and the second term would begin. Oh, yay. More school. Because mm. school. Let's so, so have Christmas. You're going to feed us. But now we have to go back to school. Right. Uh, the exact dates of the beginning of the Easter holidays varied each year. During the holidays, the students would go home. The final exams uh, were held on the first week of June. And the results came out on the second week. In the evening before the Hol- uh, Hogwarts Express went back to London, the end-of-year feast was held, and the Hogwarts Express returned to London, London during the third week of June. Some staff and all, and all the students left Hogwarts for summer holidays. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, too. Um, typically, it's in June, and then, yeah, nine weeks later, they go back to Hogwarts on September 1st. So, yeah, it's fun stuff. But I think it's a good time to take our mid-break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Priceline. 
And welcome to the mid-break of the show, where we talk about everything to do with the podcast. That has nothing to do with the lore of um, the Wizarding World. Um, I do want to thank everybody and remind everybody to uh, leave a rating or review on Spotify and Apple. Uh, those ratings really help us grow as a podcast. And if you do leave some words in a five-star review on Apple, we will read it out loud on the show. And then I uh, do want to let everybody know we do have a Patreon as well that you can sign up and uh, get ad-free episodes, be able to come on the once a month to join us on the show. Uh, if you want to help us financially, uh, that's at patreon.com slash Lorecast. And you can also find us on the Robots Radio Network Discord. Um, we're on there with the Wizarding World. We're also on there with our other shows that we do. I do the Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon vs. Legends podcast with my co-host Teacup. And Shanko has her own shows. Yes, I am one half of the MCU Lorecast. That's a show that I do with Psych 88 of the Mass Effect Blue Shift. Uh, it covers all of the history, lore, comic stories of the characters we so know and love from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm also one of the hosts. I've recently brought on my friend Nick as a partner for The Fight Space. And that is a martial arts podcast where we cover the stories, the culture, and all of the current events going on in the fighting community. Yeah. You can find all those shows and more on the Robots Radio Discord and at robotsradio.net. Um, I mean, if you can think of something, we have it probably, or it's in the works at some point or another. Like there's Mass Effect, there's Star Wars, there's Dragon Age, Assassin's Creed, Lord of the Rings, Witcher. Like you can think it, we probably have it. And if you don't see it, join the Rocket Club and make it yourself. Yes, because that's what, that's what we doing. do, and it's it's a lot of fun, and it's work, but it's fun work. So I think that's all we got for the mid-break. Do you have anything else to add? I think that's it for me. All right. Well, let's get back in. All right. Now that we're back, go a little bit more into Hogwarts. So we have the school spirit, which is, yeah. The school spirit of this of the school. So Hogwarts model was Draco, Dormans, Nuquam, Tidalis. It's Latin. Tidalandis. Uh, Tidalandis. It's Latin. Latin's dead. <laughs> uh, I translated. Won't my, I won't tell my friend that's a Latin teacher that you said that. Hey, she'll cry. We use it for medicine. That's really what we use it for, and that's it. Let's be honest. Uh, translated as "never tickle a sleeping dragon," because it's that's a advice. motto. <laughs> but it's it good is advice. good. It's good advice. <laughs> you don't want to do that. You don't want to tickle a sleeping dragon. You'll probably die. Uh, Quidditch was possibly the most popular sport of the school, and most of the student body turning out to watch and. Eat watch each match hogwarts also had a frog choir which sung special at special occasions which we see in prison rascaban we see the frog choir they're more toes than frogs but still how do you get that job train the frog choir <laughs> flitwick i mean he does <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> so each, um, I guess each house has its own coat of arms. And the main coat of arms for all of Hogwarts has the Gryffindor lion, the Slytherin serpent, the Ravenclaw eagle, and the Hufflepuff badger, all circling the letter H with their Latin motto, you know, the Never Don't tickle, tickle. A sleeping dragon. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, and it's all arranged and divided with the center lines and the warm colors to show all of the all of the mascots and the house colors. Yeah, so it's literally the Hogwarts crest that you see literally everywhere. If you can see Hogwarts something, it's there. 
it's what's on my mug that I'm not using today. I've got the I've got the wrong um the wrong fandom mug today because <gasps> Captain America. Yeah, oh no. Yeah, and then uh, we ha- they have a school song. Uh, there's an official school song that was only sung during uh, when the headmaster was in the particularly good mood and deemed it appropriate, which is therefore why it was only known to have been commissioned once from 1991 to 1998. It didn't seem to comfort uh, conform to the strict opinions of the other headmasters or headmistresses, just as our motto, dip it. And if anybody wants to know, this uh, <laughs> the song was specifically made by Dumbledore. <laughs> and oh my god. It's really funny too. So if anybody has a chance to watch Goblet of Fire on HBO Max, all the Harry Potter films are their extended editions. So it's they're only extended by like 15-20 minutes, if that. It's only like he- scenes here and there. But they sing the Hogwarts song in Goblet of Fire uh, when all the schools are present before they, like, reveal the Triwizard Cup and all that. And the most, like, there's some, a lot of kids getting into it and so many uncomfortable cringe moments in that scene alone. It looked so uncomfortable singing that song. So it encompasses how everyone feels about seeing their school song. It it was something. Um, and then as such as many of uh, intervention of the relaxed Albus Dumbledore and certainly sounded like it was his invention. Uh, there was no standard rhyme to the song. Everyone could sing of how they like and such the Weasley twins prefer a slow and deep style. <laughs> <laughs> which is oh, so totally it's, just meant, it's designed for chaos yes of course it's a Dumbledore thing of course it is um and then we have the I'm houses a I'm a fan right then we got the school uh, four main houses which we all know and love Gryffindor well known for courage bravery daring nerve and chivalry Hufflepuff well known for loyalty patience hard work fair play honesty and tolerance Ravenclaw, values intelligence, wit, cleverness, creativity, and wisdom. And Slytherin, values ambition, leadership, cunning, determination, and resourcefulness. Which, I mean, we all have a house that we belong to. I'm personally a Gryffindor. Slytherin, guilty. So, we have two sides of the spectrum here. (laughs) Yeah, tap the good and the bad, you know. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, Hogwarts uh, was uh, was pretty haunted. <laughs> so yeah, we have ghosts. <laughs> there, there's we a couple of ghosties ghosts hanging about. Um, and I mean, there were ghost sightings reported on all of all over all over in, in England. Um, but Hogwarts gets the nod for being one of the most heavily haunted places in Britain. Um, how you get that reputation, I don't know. Because uh, it's a castle. It, it, it's an old place, so I guess there's just a lot of energy hanging out there. Um, the castle was a congenial place for ghosts because the living inhabitants treated their dead friends with tolerance and even a little bit of affection. So no matter how many times they heard all of their stories, everyone was still kind of happy to hear about it. And each Hogwarts house has its own ghost. Yeah. Nearly have this Nick. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, Slytherin boasted the Bloody Baron. He was covered in silver bloodstains and was well known for being extremely unsocial, unsocial, and many students, including those of his own house, were known to have slightly be afraid of him. While alive, he was a hot-tempered man, which makes sense hmm. if he's covered in blood. Yeah. And then the least talkative of the house ghost was the Grey Lady, who was a long hair and beautiful. Uh, she was the daughter of Rowena Ravenclaw, making her only house ghost who is directly related to one of the four Hogwarts founders, which we do meet her in Deathly Hollows Part 2 in the film. Obviously, the book-wise, we 
meter in the books regardless. Um, Hufflepuff House was haunted by the fat friar who was executed because the senior churchman grew suspicious of his ability to cure the pox merely by poking peasants with a stick. So, yeah, he would also pull rabbits out of the communion cup. Um, and, you know, while he was pretty friendly in general, the fat friar still resented the fact that he was never made a cardinal. I guess if you're going around using your magic in a place that's going to prosecute witchcraft. Yeah, I don't think that's going to end well. I mean, he meant well because he was trying to cure diseases and make people laugh. But um, yeah, uh, he also frequently suggested that Peeves be given a second chance, whether or not he deserved it. He doesn't. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Peeves is terrible and he's not even a ghost. Uh, Gryffindor House, so you named him earlier, He's they've got nearly headless Nick, who in life was Sir Nicholas de Mimsy Porpington. He's a snob and a less accomplished wizard than he believes. Nicholas lounged around in the court of Henry VII in life until his foolish attempt to beautify a lady-in-waiting by magic caused the unfortunate woman to sprout tusks. Oh. Oh, that's oh. great. Thanks, Nick. Um, it's try not to what she wanted. <laughs> try to say his name five times fast. Good luck. Yeah. Like, that's, uh, that's it's a name. mouthful. Uh, nearly yeah. Headless Nick is uh, a little bit more digestible for sure. Oh, yes. And then Sir Nicholas was stripped of his wand and, and expectedly executed, leaving his head hanging off by a single flap of skin uh, and sinew. Uh, his ghost retained a feeling of inadequately with regard to truly being a truly headless ghost and we see this constantly in the books and we see it in the film to where oh i my uh what i can't be join i can't join the headless hunt my headless hunt application has been denied and because you know he's not headless he's, he's nearly, nearly headless, headless. And if you read Chamber of Secrets, Harry, Hermione, and Ron go to his death day party. And <laughs> yeah, the uh, Headless Hunt shows up and flaunt it in front of him that him not being headless. It Aww. is terrible. Absolutely terrible. And it's like, why would you do that to him? The guy's like, he and he's celebrating his 500th death day. It's been 500 years since he died. And uh, when it gets to Chamber of Secrets. Jeez. So he's old. Another notable Hogwarts ghost is Moaning Myrtle, who we do see frequently in the films. Yep. And she haunts an unpopular girl's toilet. She was a Ravenclaw house student at Hogwarts when she died. And she chose to return to the school forever with the short-term uh, goal of haunting her arch-rival and bully Olive Hornby. <laughs> That's yep. some next-level dedication to saltiness. Yep. Like, I died. Well, at least in my death, I can haunt my arch-rival in the entire time I'm dead. Because why not? Um, as the decades go by, Myrtle kind of made a name for herself as being the most miserable ghost in the school and was usually found lurking inside the toilets and filling the bathrooms with the sounds of moans and howls, hence her name Moaning Myrtle. Yep, and if no one remembers, and if it's hard not to remember this, she died from the basilisk 50 years before Harry arrived at Hogwarts from Tom Riddle. Because mm -hmm. someone had to die, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? Um, now we head to the administration of Hogwarts. So, obviously, we have the head of Hogwarts. The headmaster or headmistress, uh, which was the chief of, uh, administrator of, Hogwarts, of the school. They made all major decisions regarding the safety and the day-to-day -day functionality of the school and the power to override any decision made by any other authoritative faculty 
uh, at the school with the possible exceptions of the Board of Governors, which we do see in Chamber of Secrets where the governor's Lucius Malfoy comes to Hagrid's hut and tells Dumbledore, hey, the governors want you dismissed. Dumbledore has to agree because the board is above the headmaster. Mm. In most regards. But he came back because, you know, Dumbledore being Dumbledore. Uh, there were also deputy heads. And the deputy headmaster or headmistress, depending on their gender, assisted the headmaster or headmistress in his or her duties. In the event of the headmaster or mistress being incapable of performing their duties, the deputy served as the temporary head until the board of governors could elect a new permanent one. Which, during Dumbledore's time, it was McGonagall was the deputy headmistress. And then, obviously, when Dumbledore passes, and then after, you know, Snape's been thrown out and dies, uh, McGonagall takes up as headmistress of the school as head of Hogwarts. Which makes sense because she defended Hogwarts to the last, like, inch of everything. Mm -hmm. And plus she got to use that awesome spell to spell, like, to bring out all the freaking stone statues to life. I always wanted to do that. God, I love that. I love that line that she does. That's great. So then we have the Heads of House. Heads of House was the title of a professor at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry who was responsible for each one of the four houses, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, or Slytherin. It was possible for a head of house to serve concurrently as a deputy head, but not as headmaster or headmistress, which we see this with McGonagall again. She was a head of house of Gryffindor, but she was also deputy headmistress to Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hogwarts also could not function without a fair amount of support staff. So there were caretakers, healers, gamekeepers, uh, chief attendant of witchcraft provisions, referee and flight instructor, and the librarian, uh, as well as kitchen staff, which, you know, could be, it was mainly house elves. They worked kitchens. They would prepare all of the feasts that we talked about earlier. I think in one of our episodes where we talked about how magic worked, we, you know, said that the house elves would prepare the food in the kitchen and then they would transport it up to the tables where everyone was eating. And it looked like it magically appeared. Mm -hmm. They would also move trunks and baggage to and from rooms, clean dormitories, and assist in other areas of the castle. In 1994, they became angry with Hermione because she made attempts to free them. Um, Dobby and Winky, who were under Hogwarts' employee at the time, were considered disgraces to the rest of their colleagues because Dobby was being paid and receiving a vacation while Winky constantly became drunk out of self-pity. Um, during the Battle of Hogwarts, the house elves fought against the Death Eaters with uh, with Creature leading them. They defended their masters by using kitchen knives to stab at the attackers, attackers' ankles. Oh Good my god, that's awesome. That's the epic. Battle Elves! <laughs> but as you can see, and we see this just from going over the kitchen staff, house elves at Hogwarts are treated way different from most times with other depending on the wizarding family obviously specifically you know comparing dobby to these house elves when dobby was employed with the malfoys he was treated poorly where Mm -hmm. the house elves at hogwarts they're treated like standard staff they're like respected they they yeah they're they serve hogwarts and serve like the masters of hogwarts but they're like paid they get time off they they it's not as so it's not so closely akin to slavery. They're no, just performing they're just, their they're function employed. and and they're still receiving benefits. Yeah. They're they're just like any other any person working anywhere. Mm-hmm. And like this is why Hogwarts is like one of the best places. They they keep everybody they treat everybody the same. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Snape. Snape's just a, you know. A Snape jerk. is Snape. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't like Snape. Uh, 
Well, that kind of brings us to the end of this kind of section, I guess, the, the bringing us into the modern day of Hogwarts. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about for this one? Um, I mean, that's primarily it. That's what we got for this week. Next week, we'll go more into like the classes and like structure of the schooling system for Hogwarts because surprisingly, it's actually pretty well detailed. <laughs> and like there's more classes than i thought like there's a lot of classes I, you can take i think i saw online you can take modules like online classes that replicate all of the classes at hogwarts where, where, where do i get to sign up for this i think it's awesome. like a module through i i want to say it was through something pretty legitimate like a college or something you can literally just take the hogwarts classes i'd have what? to do a little bit more research into oh it and figure no it out. don't tell but I'm me like, this that, <laughs> i'm like let me just go get the, a degree i can actually in, get a legitimate degree let me just graduate in potions real quick you know what oh no oh that's I'll dangerous like, what's that on your wall ben Oh, nothing. Just my Just certificates my from Hogwarts. <laughs> and you know I would too. Oh no, this is <laughs> this is bad. Oh no. Well, that's what we got for this week, everyone. Um, we will see everybody next week, and as we go more into Hogwarts, and then we will see where we go beyond Hogwarts looking forward to it yeah so everybody have a nice day night whatever time it is when you're listening to this and see you next time have a good one and remember the wand chooses the witch or wizard thank you for listening to wizard world Warcast. you can find us on the robots radio discord at robotsradio.net you can follow us on Twitter at www.lorecast, and you can email us at wizardworldlorecast at gmail.com. And if you want to find more of us, you can follow me on the Holocron Histories podcast with my co-host Teacup, to where we take a deep dive into the Star Wars lore. Or you can follow Captain Shanko with Psych88 on the MCU Lorecast, where they take a deep dive into all things Marvel. <laughs>